Punitive damages. Punitive damages, or exemplary damages, are damages assessed in order to punish the defendant for outrageous conduct and or to reform or deter the defendant and others from engaging in conduct similar to that which formed the basis of the lawsuit. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Although the purpose of punitive damages is not to compensate the plaintiff, the plaintiff will receive all or some of the punitive damages in award. Punitive damages are often awarded if compensatory damages are deemed an inadequate remedy. The court may impose them to prevent undercompensation of plaintiffs and to allow redress for undetectable torts and taking some strain away from the criminal justice system. Punitive damages are most important for violations of the law that are hard to detect. However, punitive damages awarded under court systems that recognize them may be difficult to enforce in jurisdictions that do not recognize them. For example, Punitive damages awarded to one party in a U.S. case would be difficult to get recognition for in a European court in which punitive damages are most likely to be considered to violate public policy doctrine. Because they are usually paid in excess of the plaintiff's provable injuries, punitive damages are awarded only in special cases, usually under tort law, if the defendant's conduct was egregiously insidious. Punitive damages cannot generally be awarded in contract disputes. The main exception is in insurance bad faith cases in the U.S. if the insurer's breach of contract is alleged to be so egregious as to amount to a breach of the implied covenant of good faith and fair dealing, and is therefore considered to be a tort cause of action eligible for punitive damages, in excess of the value of the insurance policy. National Applications United States Punitive damages are a settled principle of common law in the United States. They are generally a matter of state law although they can also be awarded under federal maritime law and thus differ in application from state to state. In many states, including California and Texas, punitive damages are determined based on statute. Elsewhere, they may be determined solely based on case law. Many state statutes are the result of insurance industry lobbying to impose caps on punitive damages. However, several state courts have struck down these statutory caps as unconstitutional. They are rare, occurring in only 6% of civil cases that result in a monetary award. Punitive damages are entirely unavailable under any circumstances in a few jurisdictions, including Nebraska, Puerto Rico, and Washington. The general rule is that punitive damages cannot be awarded for breach of contract, but if an independent tort is committed in a contractual setting, punitive damages can be awarded for the tort. Although state laws vary, Punitive damages are usually allowed only when the defendant has displayed actual intent to cause harm, such as purposefully rear-ending someone else's car, rather than in cases of mere negligence, or causes an injury through action taken in reckless disregard for the lives and safety of others. Punitive damages are a focal point of the tort reform debate in the United States, where numerous highly publicized multi-million dollar verdicts have led to a fairly common perception that punitive damage awards tend to be excessive. However, statistical studies by law professors and the Department of Justice have found that punitive damages are only awarded in 2% of civil cases which go to trial, and that the median punitive damage award is between $38,000 and $50,000.
there is no maximum dollar amount of punitive damages that a defendant can be ordered to pay. In response to judges and juries which award high punitive damages verdicts, the Supreme Court of the United States has made several decisions which limit awards of punitive damages through the due process of law clauses of the Fifth and Fourteenth Amendments to the United States Constitution. In a number of cases, the court has indicated that a 4 to 1 ratio between punitive and compensatory damages is high enough to lead to a finding of constitutional impropriety and that any ratio of 10 to 1 or higher is almost certainly unconstitutional. However, the Supreme Court carved out a notable exception to this rule of proportionality in the case of TXO Production Corporation v. Alliance Resources Corporation, where it affirmed an award of $10 million in punitive damages, despite the compensatory damages being only $19,000, a punitive-to-compensatory ratio of more than 526 to 1. In this case, the Supreme Court affirmed that disproportionate punitive damages were allowed for especially egregious conduct. In the case of Liebeck v. McDonald's Restaurants, 1994, 79-year-old Stella Liebeck spilled McDonald's coffee in her lap which resulted in second- and third-degree burns on her thighs, buttocks, groin and genitals. The burns were severe enough to require skin grafts. Liebeck attempted to have McDonald's pay her $20,000 medical bills as indemnity for the incident. McDonald's refused, and Liebeck sued. During the case's discovery process, Internal documents from McDonald's revealed the company had received hundreds of similar complaints from customers claiming McDonald's coffee caused severe burns. At trial, this led the jury to find McDonald's knew their product was dangerous and injuring their customers, and that the company had done nothing to correct the problem. The jury decided on $200,000 in compensatory damages, but attributed 20% of the fault to Liebeck, reducing her compensation to $160,000. The jury also awarded Liebeck $2.7 million in punitive damages, which was at the time two days of McDonald's coffee sales revenue. The judge later reduced the punitive damages to $480,000. The case is often criticized for the very high amount of damages the jury awarded. Nevertheless, many legal scholars and documentary filmmakers like Hot Coffee argued that corporate lobbyists seized the opportunity to create public misinformation and distrust of the legal system by leaving out important facts in their television advertisements, such as, that the verdict was roughly equivalent to two days of coffee sales for McDonald's, that Liebeck received permanent injury to her genitals and groin requiring surgery, and that McDonald's had already received numerous complaints about the temperature of the coffee. In BMW of North America Incorporated v. Gore, 1996, the Supreme Court ruled that an excessive punitive award can amount to an arbitrary deprivation of property in violation of due process. The court held that punitive damages must be reasonable, as determined by the degree of reprehensibility of the conduct that caused the plaintiff's injury, the ratio of punitive damages to compensatory damages, and any comparable criminal or civil penalties applicable to the conduct. In State Farm Auto, Inns. V. Campbell, 2003, the Supreme Court held that punitive damages might only be based on the acts of the defendants which harm the plaintiffs. The court also elaborated on the factors courts must apply when reviewing a punitive award under due process principles. Most recently, in Philip Morris USA v. Williams, 2007, the Supreme Court ruled that punitive damage awards cannot be imposed for the direct harm that the misconduct caused others but may consider harm to others as a function of determining how reprehensible it was. More reprehensible misconduct justifies a larger punitive damage award, just as a repeat offender in criminal law may be punished with a tougher sentence. 
Dissenting in the Williams case, Justice John Paul Stevens found that the nuance eludes me, suggesting that the majority had resolved the case on a distinction that makes no difference. Punitive damages are subjective by their very nature. Since their purpose is to punish, as opposed to compensate, opinions on how to accomplish this will vary widely among jurors. Regardless, research into punitive damages has revealed some common principles. Wealth of the defendant is positively correlated with large punitive damage awards, jurors either downplay or ignore jury instructions regarding punitive damages determinations, and jurors tend to punish defendants who have conducted a cost-benefit analysis. England and Wales. In England and Wales, exemplary damages are limited to cases in which at least one of the circumstances set out by Lord Devlin in the leading case of Rooks v. Barnard has been met. Oppressive, arbitrary or unconstitutional actions by the servants of government. Where the defendant's conduct was calculated to make a profit for himself. Where a statute expressly authorizes the same. Rooks v. Barnard has been much criticized and has not been followed in Canada, Australia or New Zealand despite English cases often being influential in other Commonwealth countries. Or by the Privy Council. It was strongly criticized by the Court of Appeal in Broome v. Castle, but on appeal the House of Lords upheld Rooks v. Barnard. Exemplary damages go beyond the philosophical aims of a contractual remedy and are not available as damages for breach of contract. Lord Atkinson said, in Addis v. Gramophone Company Limited. In many other cases of breach of contract there may be circumstances of malice, fraud, defamation, or violence, which would sustain an action of tort as an alternative remedy to an action for breach of contract. If one should select the former mode of redress, he may, no doubt, recover exemplary damages, or what is sometimes styled vindictive damages, but if he should choose to seek redress in the form of an action for breach of contract, he lets in all the consequences of that form of action, Thorpe v. Thorpe, 1832, 3b. and add. 580. One of these consequences is, I think, this, that he is to be paid adequate compensation and money for the loss of that which he would have received had his contract been kept, and no more. In 1997 the Law Commission recommended that punitive damages should never be available for breach of contract. Consequential damages. Consequential damages, otherwise known as special damages, are damages that can be proven to have occurred because of the failure of one party to meet a contractual obligation, a breach of contract. From a legal standpoint, an enforceable contract is present when it is, expressed by a valid offer and acceptance, has adequate consideration, mutual assent, capacity, and legality. Consequential damages go beyond the contract itself and into the actions that arise from the failure to fulfill. The type of claim giving rise to the damages, such as whether it is a breach of contract action or tort claim, can affect the rules or calculations associated with a given type of damages. For example, consequential damages are a potential type of expectation damages that arise in contract law. When a contract is breached, The recognized remedy for an owner is recovery of damages that result directly from the breach, also known as compensatory damages. Damages may include the cost to repair or complete the work in accordance with the contract documents, or the value of lost or damaged work. In addition to the compensatory damage, an owner can also seek for consequential damages, sometimes referred to as indirect or special damages, which include loss of product and loss of profit or revenue. This may be recovered if it is determined such damages were reasonably foreseeable or within the contemplation of the parties at the time of contract formation. This is a factual determination that could lead to the contractor's liability for an enormous loss. 
For example, the cost to complete unfinished work on time may pale in comparison to the loss of operating revenue an owner might claim as a result of late completion. In order to seek consequential damages, a party who has suffered physical injury, property damage, or financial loss needs to perform a duty to mitigate damages, which means that they have an obligation to reduce or minimize the effect of any losses resulting from the injury. The degree of proof required for the consequential damages is also higher than for the direct damages. Consequential damages must also be pled with greater specificity. The plaintiff has it on their burden to prove that the damages occurred are not only the proximate consequence of the breach, but also that they were reasonably foreseeable or within the contemplation of the parties when the parties agreed to the terms of the contract. The logic for proving foreseeability is that a party who can foresee the consequences of a breach of a contract can modify the contract price accordingly to compensate for the risk that is assumed. Further, in order to recover damages caused by a breach, the non-breaching party must act reasonably and timely to mitigate its damages. The Supreme Court of the United States has held in United States v. 50 acres of land that consequential damages are not available in the U.S. federal takings. Example The provenance of the legal theory underlying consequential damages is widely attributed to the 19th century English case of Hadley v. Baxendale, in which a miller contracted for the purchase of a crankshaft for a steam engine at the mill. The party agreeing to produce the part, which was critical to the mill's operation and or output, agreed to deliver the part for inspection as to fit by a certain date in order to avoid contractual and other business loss or liability. When the part was not delivered for inspection on time, the miller sued to recover not only the direct costs that were incident to the alleged breach, but also to recover the costs or losses that were entailed with the production shutdown resulting from the failure to timely deliver the crankshaft. Thus, Baxendale came to stand for the proposition that consequential damages are recoverable where a contract is breached by a party that knows, or is imputed to know, that ordinary expectancy, reliance, or restitution damages will not suffice to meet damages caused by the breach.